up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Essential 11, brought to you by Acton Academy and Acton Academy Placer. Today's guest uh, doesn't really need much of an introduction because uh, I would be hard-pressed to think that you don't know who this is. Uh, the man's name is Dennis Prager. Uh, he, I could list uh, the number of things that he is he has done, but uh, ultimately, you know what? He is just one of my favorite individuals on the planet. Uh, just a great guy, uh, ridiculously intelligent, and he is a fighter. And we get into talking about that fight um, that he has been living uh, for many years and, and really leading in so many ways. So uh, it's definitely an honor to have him on. I know you're going to enjoy this with Mr. Dennis Prager. We will go official and we'll make it live with Mr. Dennis Prager. It is great to see you again, sir. It is mutual. Thank you, my friend. And and who knew we were going to be connecting during the apocalypse, huh? Which is apparently, <laughs> or, or whatever this year is. For whatever it's worth, the apocalypse is entirely man-made. There you go. The lockdown is the apocalypse, not the virus. I could not agree with you more. Could not agree with you more. I, I, I had actually had a uh, a friend send me a, an article this morning too, and I thought of, uh, I thought of you, thought it was apropos. But um, I also found out this morning through this article that white people owning dogs is racist. I don't know if you know that, if you got to see that article, but I, I was thinking it was a Babylon oh, Bee. Where, where is, yeah, I know. You Oh, there's no way to know now what is satire and what is real. There really is not. I was and really hoping it, it was satirical. Usually I could figure it out. What's the racist aspect of white people owning a dog? Uh, it just had the, the first canines becoming domesticated, and it was uh, essentially white people took it upon themselves to start uh, taking control of that, of breeding that. Um, you're openly participating and advocating for cultural appropriation and colonialism um, and reinforcing this culture by owning a dog as a white person is not acceptable and will come with its repercussions. So um, I didn't want to give uh, too much of my life uh, to By the way, it's that. very important that people understand why that is said. There is so, in fact, in fact, there is so little racism that they have to create things and call them racist. That's proof. See, when the Jews were persecuted in, in Germany, nobody said that a Jew owning a dog was, uh, or, or, or a German owning a dog was anti-Semitic. That's right. They That's didn't right. have to make up stuff. There was real hatred. That's exactly right. It's, and again, I can't even, I can't give it too much, even time of day. It's gotten to the point too, where, you know, my wife and I have these conversations. We've got squirrels in our front yard, right? And they're, we're on this little ranch here in Northern California and they're digging these holes. And I said, you know, at some point, if I go out there and I'm, if I try to rationalize with these squirrels and say, look, I would really appreciate it if you didn't mess up the front lawn, right? At some point I got to realize I'm the crazy person here that's trying to rationalize with something that's not. And that's where I really feel like uh, we are in, in so many areas, you know, being a career educator, I feel like we've been here in academia for a long time too. A lot of my, uh, you know, peers that I used to work with, even at Stanford University, I just, I can't have rational conversations with them anymore. And, and I just feel like it's That's akin right. to having the conversations with the squirrels. That's right. You know, um, and, and I, so in 2000, uh, so it was last year, we got to chat when you were up at, at William Jessup University. And um, right after that, we had our No Safe Spaces event, right? So my my school here in Roseville, my my high schoolers put on our No Safe Spaces event. We got to play, uh, we got to play the film to uh, a couple hundred people here in the, in the Roseville, Rockland area. 
Dave Rubin was was kind enough to fly in and join us, and, and he got to speak to everybody. Justin uh, Folk flew in, and, and he got to speak with everybody. The movie was, uh, I mean, the movie was amazing. Everybody's response to it was as we believed it would have uh, been. I was super proud to have my name, you know, up in the credits. As far as things that I've done, that's something that I. I I'm very uh, proud to have just even been a small part of, uh, you know, about that. As we were getting that event set up, we ran a couple of ads on, we were trying to run them on Facebook and on Instagram, just saying that we were bringing this event. We didn't take a partisan stance. We just said, look, we are bringing this event here to William Jessup. We'd love to have you join us. The, The high schoolers are putting this event on. Would you be here? Facebook shut it down. Instagram shut it down. Um, we were censored just saying that we were a part of this film. Mark Joseph helped kind of spread that message afterwards. Um, and you know a thing or two about censorship. So where do we draw the dang line between the private business and the free speech? And I'd love to talk a little bit about the film that's now streaming as well. Well, what we're having, there are two unique uh, things in American history happening. There's never been an assault on free speech. Uh, the, uh, it, it's coming uh, from the left because the left, and, and I always distinguish between left and liberals, liberals believe in free speech. The right. left never did. There's never an example, and this was my field of study at graduate school, uh, uh, communism. I was at the, the Russian Institute at Columbia, and so I, I have studied this my whole life. There is no example of the, of the left having power and there being free speech. It does not exist in the hist- since Lenin, and in, in, it would have been since Marx, but Marx didn't control anything. So, that's, so uh, f- number one, this is the first time free speech is threatened on a broad basis in America. This is nothing like this has ever occurred. Uh, Number two, uh, it is happening from the private sphere, not the government. And that uh, that I will say, the first part is not unique because the left has always shut it down, but it's always been the left government. We've never had private enterprise run by the left as opposed to liberals, and therefore shutting down free speech in the history of the world. So the, number one is unique to America, number th- is unique in American history. This is unique in world history, that it's the private sphere that is shutting down speech. So we have never anticipated, the Constitution has no uh, provision for this as a problem, even though free speech is sacred in America, because it, it, it would like having something about cows flying. Right. Cows never flew. Right. So we, we are in a, a, a brand new uh, event. The, the, the tech companies are scum. They're run by, uh, 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 by people who loathe free speech. Uh, Zuckerberg was the last holdout. Uh, but he got intimidated by the New York Times. The moment, by the way, this is a rule in life. The moment you care what the New York Times says, you will become a worse human being. That is a, no, no, no. It's not meant as a joke. You will compromise your values. I you cannot more. care what the New York Times says. Uh, otherwise, you become a, a prostitute to their values. That's what happened to poor Zuckerberg. He said, hey, wait a minute. 
you could see his, his testimony in Congress. He just said, well, it's not my job to monitor speech. My, uh, Facebook is there to provide a forum. I, I can't check on, on, on every fact. It's not right. right. But he gave in. Uh, the other guys, uh, Google and YouTube, which is owned by uh, Google, and uh, and uh, Instagram, uh, no, no, not Instagram, and um, uh, uh, Twitter. Yep. Uh, the these folks actually don't believe in free speech, so that that's for them. It's, it was for Zuckerberg. It was a, it was a problem, uh, and the others uh, come to it naturally. So what do we do about it? Is yeah. a very tough uh, problem because we want private uh, companies to be able to do whatever they want. Right. However, uh, once you're if you become uh, a utility, as it were, for example, uh, let us say, and this is the way I make the point, and nobody has ever uh, refuted this. If, uh, if, if Delta United and American said, you, uh, if you come on board with the Wall Street Journal, we will not allow you to fly our airplane. Why couldn't they do that? Why, why would everyone think oh, you can't do that? But why not? If the argument is they're a free, they're a private company, they could do whatever they want. Uh, why can't they ban Wall Street Journal readers? Right. Right. It's a. Uh, it's an interesting. It's. I mean, in my capitalistic brain. It's the only answer that I can see is we create these alternatives and the hard. Yeah, but but how do you do? What do you do? So so I give give you the airline example. Creating an airline, uh, it, 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 it's somewhat uh, uh, it's theoretically accurate. Right. You're going to create a competitor to a Google and YouTube. But practicality. But that's in, it. first of all, in order to do so, you need Google and YouTube to, to let people know that you exist. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. And then what plays in, you know, then again, you get uh, get into the, the theory because you're right. The practicality of that is is obviously um, the issue. And then you get into, okay, great. Well, we're going to train up our youth to be able to come up with this, with the, the, the solution. We're going to bring them through the great halls of our great educational systems. And we're going to figure out how to combat this. But inevitably we run into those, those same issues, which is exactly what no safe spaces is about. We're running into these leftist run organizations, right? And that's exactly what the movie about. Would you send your kids to, to college at this point? Uh, it's a very important question that, but you've, you've, unfortunately you've actually, uh, jumped forward. Would I send my kids to elementary school and high school is now even more pertinent? And the answer is, uh, it would either be a religious school, but I mean, authentically religious. Half the Jewish and half the Christian schools are neither Jewish nor Christian uh, in their values. They're left-wing, uh, and the, the Christians have a cross, and the Jews have a Torah, and, and, uh, but, but the values are the same as, as the public school. So either a religious school that was actually authentically Christian or Jewish, which is rare, uh, or homeschool. Uh, but... Uh, by the time they get to college, it's often too late. I agree. 
Yeah, it, it often is. That's part of the reason. So, you know, being my background in education, I, after I left Stanford, I was in public schools. I was a public school teacher, was a public school administrator, uh, saw the agendas being pushed years and years ago, left for private schools. It was a private Christian school, uh, most notably that I spent the majority of the time with and and found exactly what you're saying to be true, which was, again, big reason why I left to start what I believe is is you know, the, to, to be a part of the Acton Academy community, which, um, you know, I think is a small voice, but it's the voice that uh, of reason, of logic, of moving things forward. And I'm really hopeful that this COVID uh, scenario is kind of the emperor has no clothes moment, right? That, it, that it, it's waking people up, but I don't know. I don't know that it is. I know that it did It did help us. We had a number of people that went, okay, well, we're going to go ahead and look for alternative schools. We're going to stop defining alternative school as, um, you know, you're one step away from juvenile hall. We're going to take a look at getting back to real education versus indoctrination. Um, but I don't know... I don't know that it's a loud enough voice moving forward in our country. What do you think uh, the future of education looks like um, in that K through 12 arena? Are you are you optimistic in that regard? Logic would suggest I should be. People should be awake to what's happen, happening and uh, people are not. They it's too radical an idea to people. I can't trust the schools uh, not to indoctrinate my children against everything I hold precious. That half this country holds Judeo-Christian uh, and or traditionally conservative U.S. values, send their child to a school where they spend the whole day being taught uh, that uh, America is crap. Uh, and that uh, your parents are racist, and America was founded s primarily in order to preserve slavery, and therefore was founded in 1619. Needless to say, God is irrelevant. Christianity is basically white supremacy. And then they wonder why their kids are alienated from them. See, for the last generation, I feel for them. They, they got sucker punched. But if you send your child to school now and they end up as so many children of Christians and conservatives do, uh, that they, they end up with um, uh, children, these, these people end up with children who loathe what they stand for, and, and you still send your child to school. Why do you think you're immune? I, I don't understand. Maybe we should, you know, have a, a national program of wonderful parents like I meet uh, in person and uh, through my radio show uh, who have uh, great values, beautiful human beings, and whose kids won't even talk to them, whose kids won't allow them to see their grandchildren right. because they voted for Trump, the parents. Right, right. I mean, uh, can you imagine, I mean, uh, I thought Obama was the worst president uh, of the modern era, but uh, if my parents, who then were alive, in fact, uh, if they had voted for Obama, can you imagine me not talking to them? Right. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, absurd. It, it, it's absurd, and, yep. and it's absurd for another reason. I, Being religious, I actually think that when God says, honor your father and mother, it doesn't come with an asterisk depending on how they vote. 
<laughs> oh, that wasn't in there in the, in the commandments. No, huh? no. Oh, it, it's a it's a scary place. So we've you know, Acton Academy is is getting this network in general. And again, there's a couple of a couple hundred of us globally, and and these are the things we are trying to combat. We are trying to get back to the fact that character matters, hard work matters, good morals, good values matter. Uh, doing what you say you're going to do, saying you know. Uh, saying something and, and sticking with that, being honest, all those things are a prerequisite to a good life and taking on personal responsibility matters. At the end of the day, you are the one who is going to put yourself in a scenario. It's not, you know, victimhood does not get to be up on this pedestal. What you do and say matters and it lays out the path before you. So we're trying to push this extremely, um, you know, extremely hard. I love what we did with No Safe Spaces because we illuminated what is going on uh, on those college campuses. Do you think there's any room to, to continue to spread that message from that K through 12 standpoint? Well, uh, let me say a word since you mentioned it, because I, I often I'm on these interviews and I, and I didn't even say anything about No Safe Spaces. Uh, this is a great film. Uh, mm -hmm. it's, in other words, it's a great movie aside from a great message. Yep. Uh, I've seen it six times, What uh, and I take no credit. I know I'm in it, obviously, but I'm not the reason it's a great film. I, I happen to be in a great film. Uh, everyone who cares about free speech, which is the fundamental freedom, the fundamental freedom, I, I, uh, it's so fundamental. I... I actually realized, as religious as I am, I rather uh, uh, have my my uh, my house of prayer shut down and be allowed free speech than allowed to pray but not have free speech. Yep. Because I I could pray with my friends in my home. I I could uh, I could at least then yell, "Hey, there's no free freedom of prayer." Right. But if there's no free speech, it's all, everything is over. Yep. Everything. Shut down from the foundation. From the foundation. So this is the foundational value. So no safe spaces. People should go to no safe spaces, not places, spaces. Nosafespaces.com. You will see a great film, and it'll be a wake-up call. And you must show it uh, to your liberal kids or brother-in-law or spouse because there are so many liberals in it yep. who are saying how terrible the crisis is on free speech at campuses. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know Van, Van Jones uh, was in there as, as a liberal. Of course, Dave is classical liberal. Um, Brian Callen, I mean, leans more. Well, the, the, the professor uh, at uh, the university in, in, in Washington, yeah. uh, who uh, is a lifelong liberal, he's an atheist, he's yep. a professor of biology. Yep. And uh, because he wouldn't leave campus when all whites were told to leave, his life was threatened and he quit his tenured position. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think it's Evergreen College. It was Evergreen. That. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's laid out there beautifully. Yeah, highly recommend. Obviously, highly recommend going to the film. Have you had any, um, have you had any pushback? Have you shown it to, you know, had any liberal audiences that really well, got up know, in arms uh, about Net, Net's, Net's, uh, Netflix won't, won't refuse to stream it. They, they're they okay with kiddie porn. Right, yeah. But but they're not okay with no safe spaces. 
That's a perfect example. That's a perfect example. There is no reason in the world Netflix. I mean, it, it's it's chock filled with liberals, mm -hmm. but the left can't stand a, a movie of, about free speech. I mean, that, that the this is that Netflix won't stream no safe spaces is proof that uh, of the contempt that uh, the, the private private industry has for free speech. I couldn't agree more. Huh. So, I mean, I want to get into some of the some of the positive stuff too, and some of the uh, some of the more uh, uplifting questions that some of these have. But Ben, uh, of course, just announced this week that he's moving his whole company right They're, they're taking off, moving to Nashville. Uh, ben Shapiro, and and we've had this mass exodus taking place. You know, even Rogan, right? Who's who's always been more on the on the left side is just saying, look, enough with California. You're in California, like I am. Um, you know, we've got the we got the same we got the same governor. Um, wh what do you think around that? Are you you staying and fighting? Can we get rid of a Newsom and a, a Pelosi? No, it, 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 I think California is lost. Uh, the, to understand the world, you must understand. The following everything the left touches it destroys there is no exception to that rule uh, whether it's colleges elementary schools high schools late night television sports uh, states like california uh, family relations uh, the, the, uh, it, there is no, nothing literally nothing the left touch. the left is a tsunami of destruction there is no exception on earth and uh the left has uh, taken over California and destroyed the, the most wonderful state. They have destroyed it. It, it, it cannot function now without massive bailouts of cash uh, from other states who should give it nothing. Uh, and they, uh, the fact that, that I were, I don't know about where you live, but where I live in Southern California, I still cannot enter a restaurant. Mm -hmm. I can eat outside. Uh, uh, if you read the New York Times this week, Every European country, uh, they have announced no more lockdowns. Uh, the virus is there. We'll treat it. That, it's, it's, that's part of life. We are All our kids are going to school. Yep. We're going to restaurants. Most of the countries are not wearing masks. Uh, and uh, in California, you still can't enter a restaurant, though California is 25th in deaths per million in the United States. And, of course, like everywhere else, it's overwhelmingly nursing homes. So if you're not in a nursing home, you have probably a greater chance of dying of the flu yep. than of COVID. Uh, but it's done for political reasons. And there's proof. The day after Nancy Pelosi was shown in a salon, mm -hmm. hair salon, Newsom opened up hair salons. Why? But all of a sudden, he, what did he had a had an epiphany? No, but it, it looked uh, it looked uh, pathetic because it's all political. Uh, let's ruin the economy so that Trump doesn't get reelected. Yep, and, and it basically, it basically said as much. Yeah, we um, we know here in Placer County we have got uh, almost zero cases. In fact, the hospitals. I think we had the last time I looked. I think we had uh, eleven patients in the entire county, and this is a large county that uh, were designated as uh, being in there for for reasons related to COVID. And, and by the way, it might be related to COVID. It may not be COVID. Exactly. If you have a heart attack. Exactly. And you have COVID you're, and you die of, yep. of a heart attack, you're called a COVID death. That's exactly right. And not only that, all 11 are not from our county. Huh. 
all 11 brought in, right? And so then we had, you know, there was, um, you know, we've kind of flown under the radar. I intentionally set us up in a way where we don't file, uh, we don't file a private school affidavit because of of what I've seen California do. So we are, um, we don't necessarily fit the definition of a school. We're more of a resource center, a, an educational resource center for K through 12 and and uh, and adults. So all of our students that that collaborate with us are registered with the state as homeschooled. And so we come here to campus to collaborate on the real world projects to help them with their businesses and, uh, you know, to move things forward that way. And so uh, we are 100 percent open. We are 100 percent mask free. We are not worried about all the social distancing. We are not we are operating as free people, um, just like all of the parents want to. All of the kids want to. Right. We're all on board on the same team uh, moving this together. So, of course, uh, you know, we got a, a, a letter from. Uh, one of Newsom's people saying, "Hey, look, you know, we're the I'm the the, the county health director. Um, you guys are in violation of the CDC guidelines. So I want to make sure you are aware of what those are." Um, and we had our little conversations back and forth, and I let her understand why why that did not apply to us. But um, you know, like you said, why the, didn't it? Why didn't it? What was your letter? So uh, I basically took the points that she outlined, including the fact that she used, you know, I, I think language matters. She used the words guidelines. I said, thank you so much for the guidelines. We are fully aware of the guidelines. I'm also fully aware of, of the fact that the, the police department, the sheriff department locally um, is very much on our side. They would be the ones that would have to enforce if there was actually a violation of law. I do not believe we're violating any law. Please let me know if there's a law we are violating um, rather than a guideline. By the way, you're also talking to uh, private schools. We do not file a private school affidavit. We are not a private school from a legal standpoint, nor are we a private school from an operational standpoint. And I outlined uh, California Department of Education's uh, definition of a private school because we are uh, have students who are driving their academics because we are not focused on just academia. We are focused on building businesses for these young people, for getting them apprenticeships. We don't even uh, qualify as a private school. So, um, you know, for those were the two main reasons I said, well, so none of this applies to us, but thank you so much for your concern. I'm so excited that you did this and, um, you know, best of luck with everything. Never heard anything back from her. She ended up resigning uh, a couple weeks after that uh, as well. I'm not sure what the circumstances are. By the way, are can you in enter a restaurant in New York County? Um, the majority of the restaurants are there is no blanket statement on that. So each individual owner is taking it as they should. We are allowed to open, I believe. Um, House of Oliver, I know, is just open uh, full, but they're just getting the public backlash, right? And that's what you find most business owners acquiescing to. So you have uh, some business owners that are opening and they're saying, hey, we're at 25% capacity. You have some that are still saying, no, it's got to be outside. Some that are enforcing masks, some that are not enforcing masks. Um, but I believe as a county, we have decided to eliminate the state of emergency in Placer County. Um, and so they have the legal right to move forward without any of those requirements. But again, it's the public backlash. It has been a little uh, sad, not a little, but it's been very sad to me. Uh, I expected better of the American people. Okay. I, I, this is very depressing that uh, the brainwash of the media and the irrational fear. I mean, I've asked a question and received no response. Uh, I rested in writing, asked it on the radio. I've asked it in private. I have flown about 10 times thus far. I usually fly every week. Mm -hmm. So that's nothing 10 times in a half year. But in the last six weeks, 10 times, 
So of course you can, uh, you're sitting one inch from someone right. and a few inches from someone in front of you and someone behind you. Right. You can take off your mask to eat. If you can take off your ask to meet one inch from a stranger, why can't you take your mask off and eat six feet from a stranger? Yep. Uh, am I missing something? I'm not joking. I'm not being cute. This is not rhetorical. Can you figure out a weakness in my argument? Why restaurants are not open? Why people are afraid to do that if people are flying? That's exactly – it brings me back to the whole rationalization with the squirrels, Dennis. It's exactly it. Anytime you have a logical argument, which I feel like that is a very logical uh, thought-through analysis of the situation, and, and there is no way to dispute that. That does not make sense. When you can walk into the restaurant and they are asking you to put your mask on while you walk through, take it off as soon as you sit down, and that's fine. You are all set, and then make sure you – Put it back on before you walk out. Otherwise, they will have the conversation before you walk out. Hey, you're not welcome back here unless you're going to wear that mask in and out, walking through. But if you sit down, you're okay. The gym's doing the same thing. When you walk into the gym, we'd like you to have your mask on. While you're working out, you're okay to take it off or or you're okay to take it off on the cardio equipment. Again, right next to somebody else who's on a cardiovascular machine as well. But if you're lifting weights, then please, by all means, put your mask on. Right? There is no... And nobody does it the same. All the restaurants are different. All the gyms are different. All that there, there is zero logic to the way. The New England Journal of Medicine in July, or uh, the I think it's dated August first, but in July, the new the most prestigious journal of medicine in the United States. Uh, people should look it up. Just read the synopsis that every one of these reports has. It's basically a useless. Uh, the mask, unless it's a surgical mask uh, in, in a hospital, which nobody's wearing a surgical mask, so it's it's uh, it's pointless. Outdoors is is is, is useless. It's, yep. it's actually you look like an idiot if you wear one outdoors. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend any of you, but uh, if there is, if idiot has a definition, doesn't mean you are an idiot. You may be a, a wonderful human being, but in this regard, you're an idiot. <laughs> Uh, outdoors is a non-issue. Uh, it is only an issue, as the New England Journal of Medicine pointed out, indoors and a face-to-face -face for a, a, a specific period of time at minimum. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep. Yep. No, I could not could not agree more. So let's say uh, we have a logical human being, because I do believe some of those still exist, and that is we are doing our darndest here at Acton Academy to to help produce those citizens uh, that are coming out. And, and I think that's the beauty of this community is we do get to come here and see normal. We have all these unmasked faces and everybody is uh, just, you know, having great rational discussions. They understand how to, how to think. There's no agenda being pushed. They understand how to eloquently speak to what it is they believe from a very young age. They understand how to genuinely listen to another point of view. And then they also understand that at the end of the day, if I understand what you're saying, you understand what I'm saying, and maybe we do disagree on something, you know what? Let's shake hands and move forward and go create something beautiful together, right? We're doing these things that that uh, we believe humanity should get back to in the country used to stand for. So let's say one of these youth comes out of here and they get done uh, in high school and they come to you and they say, Dennis, this is my background. I agree with you 100%. What would you want to see from me so that I can come work for you and uh, everything that you're doing at PragerU? What do you want to see from that 
from that young person that's going to make you go, okay, I'll take a chance on this youngster? Well, ideally, you did not go to college. <laughs> yes, sir. Agreed. <laughs> we, we, uh, one of our most popular, truly, I mean, he's, he's incredibly, I mean, following in the millions, Will Witt, young yep. man, never went to college. Uh, two of the three founders or heads of uh, Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire never went to college. Yep. Uh, I, uh, when I, uh, Adam Carolla never went to college. Right. Adam Carolla thinks more clearly. Uh, and let me put it this way I would be shocked to meet any PhD in any subject, certainly including philosophy, who thought as clearly as Adam Carolla. Agreed. So, uh, I, I was only tongue in cheek when I said, if you don't go to college, it's an advantage. And but it is an advantage because then I know you're a hard worker. Right. See, what you've decided to do is not re rely on BA and then fill in some university, yeah. but rather I, I want to work. Yeah. I want to work hard. That's, that's what I hear that you graduated college tells me nothing. Correct. Nothing. An idiot can get a BA. Correct. It, it means nothing. So I, I, I tell employees, you, you're, you, you want to lie to yourself, I can't stop you. But that, that you insist on a, on, a, on, a, on a college degree, I mean, I understand. Obviously, if it's engineering, you have to have a sure. way of knowing the person knows engineering. Sure. If it's STEM, it's STEM. Science, technology, engineering, math. Okay, I get it. But anything else? Uh, or, uh, you know, if you have you have a degree in English, all, all I know is that you probably think Shakespeare is a dead white European male. Right. That you don't act, you probably never read King Lear. Yep. So, so what, of what use is your English degree? So anyway, uh, I, I, I care about the person, the, the college grad, being college graduate means nothing. Uh, uh, it, I'm just a little more suspicious of you uh, that you've probably been indoctrinated. <laughs> So uh, what I want is, what we want is uh, clear thinkers, mm. that, which is what you just said. I'm just putting in my, my words what you want to produce at Acton. That, that, is, that is what we want, clear thinkers. Yep. Uh, you, you see the world as it is, not as you wish it were, and you deal with it. Uh, you understand that, the, that America is the last best hope on earth, as Lincoln said it was. And then uh, that apply. I love it. I love it. And you're not worried about acquiescing to the status quo just because everybody else is saying you should. You know, and that is one of the. Well, if you don't acquiesce to the status quo, that shows you have character. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's one of the biggest. One of the big, just in education in general. And I, I still work with a number of school districts around the country, trying to help wherever I can. And that is one of the biggest things that you know I continue to come back to with the parents too. Is is this conversation of of college, of the universities, and I can walk them through logically. I can walk them through my own college experience of walking out with my straight A's in college, getting done and going, great, I know nothing and I have nothing to offer the world and I have no direction, I have no self-awareness and, and I had to figure it out and it didn't come through those university classes. I can walk the parents through that very same experience themselves, for themselves, their spouse, everybody they know, I can walk them through that experience and say, great, so what do you want for your student? Oh, gosh, my kid really needs to go to college. And it's it really ends up boiling down to 
you know, the parent oftentimes wants their child to go there because they feel like that's the check mark on being a good parent. And they, that's can, prove, right. Right? That's, they can prove to other people so that they, they parented meet correctly. All the parents Bingo. whose kids are utterly alienated yep. from them because yep. of one year at college, let alone four. That's exactly right. Yep. I tell parents if your kid is drunk for four years in college, uh, you, you should thank God. <laughs> Uh, and, I'm, and I'm not an alcohol. I'm not only not an alcoholic. I don't even drink alcohol. Yeah. Not, not not for uh, any moral reasons. I just don't like it. Yeah. But uh, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, but I I will say the one silver lining of your kid, you know, drinking for four years is maybe they weren't indoctrinated. Yeah. Better saved. intoxicated than indoctrinated. That's exactly. <laughs> that may be one of my that may be one of my favorite lines anybody's ever said. Um, we've done seventy plus episodes. That may be one of my, and you know what? We have done seventy plus episodes. And again, you know, uh, told you some of the some of the people that we have had on here. We've had CEOs of some of the biggest companies on the on the planet, and some of the greatest entrepreneurs that we've got going on today. And I can tell you what, Dennis, I don't believe we have ever had. When I have asked that question, what do you want from a young person if they want to come work for you? I don't believe we've ever had anybody that said they wanted the college degree. Wow. I don't think we've had one. You know, and not that not that they were I'm even taking it from. That. Not not that even they were taking it from the. Um, that there was an understanding of the indoctrination that took place. It was literally more about, now this is the kind of quality individual and, and this is who I'm looking for. Um, the college degree, you know, just wasn't, it wasn't in their top uh, priorities, which is, which is nice. And I want more and more people to understand that. So, so what's next for, what's next for you? What's kind of a, a, the, on the table right now? What are we, what are you fighting? What are you pushing? What are you doing? Well, thank you for asking. Yes, sir. So and I want people to please go to nosafespaces.com and uh, see the movie. It, it's you, you owe it to America to see the movie. All right, I'll put it to you that way, and you'll love it. Uh, I, you'll, I really believe at the end you will have the chills. You might even, you might even have a few tears. Mm -hmm. It's that that ha that's how moving it is. Personally, uh, I am engaged in a project uh, that I think will interest you. I have been teaching the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, from the Hebrew. I'm, I'm very blessed that I have a, a real knowledge of biblical Hebrew. Yep. And I've been teaching it for 40 years. Uh, half my students uh, were Christian, half were Jewish, half were nothing. I know that's three halves. It was a joke. Uh, but uh, I believe that it is... The Bible is the greatest book ever written, and I believe the first five are the greatest part of the Bible. Without the first five, you don't have the, e either the rest of the Old Testament or the New Testament. Right. I mean, you, know, you, you don't have creation. Yep. You, you don't have Adam and Eve. You, you don't have the Ten Commandments. You, you don't have the Exodus. I mean, yeah. you don't have love your neighbor as yourself. You don't have love God. It's all there. So I... Uh, I have been writing a commentary on the first five books. Each book is getting a volume. It's called The Rational Bible because my vehicle to God is reason. Uh, I, don't, I don't believe it's the only way to God, but that is my way. Yeah. So I, I, I only use reason to show that this is a divine, these are five divine books. 
And uh, I, I, I beg people to read it. Nobody writes Bible commentaries to get wealthy. So I'm, I'm not True self-conscious story. about pushing a Bible commentary. Yeah. I've got many other books. These are the ones I talk about. It's called The Rational Bible. Your viewers should uh, read the Amazon reviews. There are about 1,500 of them, mostly Christians. Yeah. And how this opened their eyes yep. to understanding it better, even the best that they've ever understood it. Uh, I'll give you an example. And I, I mean, I could give you, you know, we could, I could do this with you for literally a year. But I'll give you an example of something so relevant to, to the moment. Uh, th- this will, this will I, uh, knowing you, it'll blow your mind. So my contention is the first verse is the most important verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. If you don't accept that, then there's no reason to go yeah, don't from read one, the one to one, two. Yeah. I mean, okay, bye. Yeah, all set. But interestingly, doing this work, I now believe the second most important verse is verse two. <laughs> and everything was chaos, or null and void as it's translated. But right. we don't know what the Hebrew means. It means right. chaos. So what does God do for six days? Well, I don't care whether you take it literally 24 hours or not. It's a, I, I don't, but if you want to, that's a non-issue to me. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, what does God do the next six days? He very rarely creates. Creates The word create in Hebrew, bara, is only used three times there. What God does the next six days is make order. Chaos is the natural state. Order is the divine state. Now, here's the punchline. I don't write this in there because I don't want any politics in my commentary. But the left wants verse 2. Yeah. Judeo-Christian-based people want verse 1. Yep. Back to the, the left is a force of undoing divine order and going back to chaos. Chaos is natural. Divine order is not natural. It's divine. So God created Adam. This is the Hebrew. Yep. God created Adam, the human being. Bara unikevaza barautam. Male and female. Zachar unikeva barautam. Uh, Male and female, I have to do it sometimes in Hebrew because that's the way I remember sure, it. So, sure. male and female, he created them. That's divine order. Yep. The notion that men menstruate, men give birth, uh, 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 women are not the only ones with the cervix. These are now normative left wing positions in our culture and what your kids are learning at school. That's right. That's chaos. Nobody's anti-transgendered. We're against chaos. To say men menstruate is chaos. And and the, the battle of our time is ultimately a religious battle. It is a battle of the forces of order, divine order, and natural chaos. And the left represents natural chaos. Oh, I love that. I love the analogy that you brought in there too. And there's something I actually want to send you that I saw not that I saw not that long ago, and I was actually talking about the uh, it was talking about the the six days and going, hey, is it a literal twenty four you know twenty four hours? Does it represent something else? And 
somebody used and, and you're a smarter man than I am, so maybe you'll be able to make sense of it. It seemed to follow a logical path, um, but it is something that it literally hurt my head so much to look at and I'm going to have to go back and revisit it. So I have a bookmarked. I'll send it to you. But they use E equals MC squared as a way to rationalize both being true. A literal. Right. right. But you see, so I just want to say, and I, 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 I am one of the, the, the most, the biggest advocates in America of the Judeo-Christian worldview. Yeah. So, uh, and, and I am the biggest fan of Christians who is not a Christian in this country. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I, I must say, I don't even understand why this bothers people. I, I, since I was a kid, I remember I always would a a ask the question, so what, or what's the difference? Right. Let's say it's 24 hours. Let's say it means era. Right. What difference does it make? Yeah. The point of the Bible is not to teach you geology. Yeah. It's to teach you what God wants you to know about creation and right. about the world. That's right. Yep. That's absolutely right. Instead of splitting hairs. No, I think that's great. And I, I very much want to check that out. So my journey in the last five or six years um, as well, and I, I grew up in a you know diet I say diet Catholic uh, sort of household, right? And and then uh, kind of in college started going, okay, well, what does all this mean? And it's trying to go down every path. Um, went into to Christianity for the longest time. The last five or six years has really been my attempt to translate Hebrew and focusing on the Torah and becoming, uh, you know, what oh, we're really? Torah you're, you're, you're observant. Studying so, Hebrew. Yes, sir. And so uh, very much not not to the level that you are. So I am fascinated by this, and I absolutely uh, cannot wait to dive Bible. in. I, 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 I always tell Christian clergy and, and Jewish clergy, if you don't get 50 sermons out of my book, I'll, I'll buy it back from you. I believe that. I believe that very much. I am fascinated. I cannot wait to take a look. I can always take a look. I love that. Dennis, I love everything that you're doing. I love everything that you stand for. I'm so excited to be on, uh, you know, the the same team in so many regards. Yes, so, you sure uh, are. You sure are. Man, I tell you. So the the last thing I know, Candace always does this, uh, you know, two minutes to the camera kind of deal. But we usually do just kind of a legacy, kind of a legacy quote or a legacy thought. And, and do you have anything, a favorite quote that you go to, whether it's your own or somebody else's that uh, well, you want people I'll, I'll to remember? Well, I'll just offer you my my worry uh people ask I'll, I'll end it with this i am asked all the time am i optimistic or pessimistic and uh the answer is uh, neither i'm not optimistic and i'm not pessimistic and i want to explain that both are useless you have to fight pessimism uh, undermines fighting and optimism undermines fighting if you're a pessimist, why bother fighting? We're, we're, we're going to lose anyway. If you're an optimist, why bother fighting? It's going to all turn out fine. Optimism and pessimism are both useless. I fight because people died for this country and liberty, and that's the least I could do. See, if I don't fight for America against the left, and that's what the fight is about, then Everyone who died for this country in every war died in vain. I'm basically saying, your death was useless. I'm not even prepared to fight without risking mm. my life. Mm. So uh, you got to fight for this country. And if you don't, you don't deserve it. I have contempt uh, for people who, th there are three types of good people. 
People who fight, people who help the fighters, people who do nothing. People who help the fighters are just as valuable as the fighters. I'm a fighter, you're a fighter. People who help us fight are just as valuable. The troops need supplies. Not everyone is cut out to be a fighter, but everyone is cut out to help the fighters. If you do nothing, you don't deserve America. Mm, I love that. I love that. We read uh, this morning, we had our, our launch pad is what we call our high school. We had our guest speaker as a former uh, 49ers player. And um, part of our introduction, I utilized uh, a letter that I also utilized in an introduction, you know, exactly what you're talking about. A gentleman by the name of Tim Kennedy. Uh, I'm not sure if you know who, who he is. He's a, a former uh, professional athlete, but also Army Ranger, um, you know, sniper and, and uh, special ops guy. And he and I are working together to create a program for young men and, and uh, sp specifically create young men who are who are fighters to cultivate that and to cultivate that fighting spirit. And um, we utilize this letter from Teddy Roosevelt. And if you've ever read it, it's his letter to boys on manhood. Um, and, and that's exactly uh, the, what he's talking about is that battle. And, and no man's worth of salt if he is not willing to at least step into that battle, either fight or help those that are fighting to create the country that we know America should be. Um, when we reference that, that, you know, this very morning and, um, you know, it's, it's men like you that I think are, are not only good men, but you are good at being men because you are leading people in that way, man. So I, I'm just so, so grateful, my friend, so grateful, my friend. And thank you for taking the time and, uh, pouring into the youth here as well. God bless you. There you go. Check out Prager U. Yeah, they are banned. Uh, I think the last count was over 100 videos of theirs that are considered hate speech uh, on a lot of the social media platforms. So definitely give them a follow. Give some support. Go check out the videos. Um, you'll find a lot of rational, uh, I think, logical arguments to a lot of things that are going on right now. So check them out there. Uh, check out the Rational Bible. I think that uh, sounds extremely interesting. going to be checking that out myself. Um, and uh, check out No Safe Spaces. You can go to No Safe Spaces. Com. You can buy the DVDs right now. You can also stream uh, on a number of platforms for, I mean, like three or four dollars, man. So um, definitely go check that out. Bring your friends. Uh, you will not be disappointed in the film, no matter what side of the uh, aisle you are on. So thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Please continue to share. Let people know what is going on with this podcast. We're having a great time doing it, and I appreciate you listening. So we will catch you next time on the next episode of The Essential 11. See ya.